Gentlemen, start your engines. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us. Of course, we are live on Sunday nights, and then it gets rebroadcast uh, throughout the week. We are also available as a podcast download on all the major podcast platforms, including iTunes and also in the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all the big ones were there for you. And uh, just uh, want to start by talking a little bit about the uh, hurricane situation. Of course, we had Hurricane Nicole that came through town here this week. And as we always say, it's always the ones that we don't really expect to do much damage that turn out to be major problems. So Nicole came on uh, land barely just as a one, uh, as a level one hurricane. And I know they, there's all kinds of different ways they measure it, but it, these measurements are really hard to go by because this hurricane was so wide. It was like 500 miles wide and it brought with it a massive amount of rain. And just that amount of rain, even without regards to wind accompanying it, uh, can do substantial damage. And so... Really, what happened here in Palm Coast and Flagler Beach, where I live in Flagler County, Florida, it's kind of a tale of two cities. So on the mainland side where I live, on this side of the bridge, really almost no damage at all. We did have some flooding, um, but it was, you know, more than a day or two later, uh, it just uh, not more than a day or two later, it was gone. Uh, the water in the streets and the ditches and all that. But over the bridge on the beach side in Flagler Beach, uh, just unreal. It was worse than Matthew in terms of what happened to a to a one a state road a one a. So if you've ever been to Flagler Beach, a one a is the road that you can drive on where you're driving right along the beach. And so there's a lot of little hotels and restaurants and things like that. And uh, man, it, sections, entire sections of a one a just completely collapsed. And uh, one of my friends lives down in Ormond by the sea. So for me to get over to their house, I had to come up with like a whole new route because normally when I go down to Ormond Beach or Daytona Beach, I just take A1A. But there are sections of A1A that literally completely collapsed and are going to have to be rebuilt. And there are only certain areas where there are detours where you can go back a couple of streets further inland and still continue to go south. Uh, but uh, there, there are sections where it's just closed and there is no option of a detour. Uh, so there are just a number of back roads that people use uh, to get around. Of course, there's I-95, there's US-1, there's other options. But uh, A1A, it may be months before A1A is reopened. And of course, our pier, our Flagler Beach Pier, uh, was devastated as well. And that had already been closed from Hurricane Ian. 
Uh, so just a lot of damage from a hurricane that, yes, this one did come in from the East Coast, but it was not expected to do as much damage as it did. And uh, our thoughts and prayers go to the people over the bridge on the other side of the bridge here in Flagler Beach. A tremendous amount of damage. And I feel especially sorry for the business owners that really rely on that A1A traffic to fill up their businesses. A lot of little places along A1A uh, that are really going to be hurting for the next several months. Well, the big news this week is the cryptocurrency exchange called FTX. And uh, this is an interesting story because the young guy who started this is a multi-billionaire. His name is Sam Bankman Freed, and he is the son of two former Stanford law professors. And get this, he is the number two overall donor to Democrats in the United States, number two overall. And uh, this FTX cryptocurrency exchange has gone into bankruptcy the latest on it is there is close to a billion dollars of client funds missing. FTX is now also claiming that it was hacked and hundreds of millions of dollars were stolen by hackers. And I'll be honest with you, I had never heard of FTX. And I'm somebody that has had some involvement with cryptocurrency over the years. And uh, I've never heard of FTX, but it apparently was one of the major cryptocurrency exchanges. And were they're talking now about criminal charges uh, against uh, the owner, Sam Bankman Freed. There are it's not just a, a civil matter. It's not just a bankruptcy. There appears to be grounds for alleged criminal conduct. And there may be criminal charges against the founder uh, and CEO, Sam, Sam Bankman Freed. Uh, the latest news, a billion dollars of client funds Missing And apparently this guy, Bankman Freed, was a regular on Capitol Hill, uh, also had been to the White House, was one of the biggest donors to Joe Biden's campaign. And overall, the number two donor to Democrats in the United States, Sam Bankman Freed. So we got to watch this. This has driven the price of Bitcoin down to sixteen thousand dollars, just $16,000. Now, Rich Dad, Poor Dad author Robert Kiyosaki, who has never been really much of an advocate of Bitcoin or cryptocurrency, uh, he has come out and said that he is looking for a price of $10,000 on Bitcoin. And if it hits 10000 that he would be excited about getting back involved with Bitcoin. Wow. What a huge uh, issue here. Cryptocurrency, again, and you know what's funny about this, interesting, that is, uh, it's not cryptocurrency that is the problem. It is these exchanges, and they're supposedly regulated. They're being checked out by the regulators and all that. But how can this happen? How can you have this much money missing? And, and part of this FTX story that is just starting to come out is that, you know, all of this money that we've given to Ukraine to help them in their battle with Russia. Apparently FTX was the facilitator of the money, the billions that has gone to Ukraine. And so they were in the middle of that money that was going to Ukraine. So who knows how big of a scandal this is going to turn out to be. And who knows if money 
that was directed to go to Ukraine has not made it to Ukraine either because FTX was in the middle of those transactions, uh, the U.S. sending money uh, to Ukraine. Uh, so another kind of big story this week, no red wave, right? Everybody thought there was going to be a red wave, including yours truly. And we really still don't know who overall has won the House and the Senate. They're still counting votes. Uh, we still don't know. And I was laughing earlier this week. I said they need to hire the people from American Idol that can determine, you know, by the end of the episode uh, who made it to the next you know, week and who's the American Idol, et cetera. I mean, we still don't know. But it looks like based on projections that the Republicans will take the House, which is no surprise, but by just a very slim margin, which is a surprise. And it looks like that we may end up with a 50 50 uh, Senate. And of course, the tiebreaker when there's a 50 50 is the vice president of the United States, which is Kamala Harris. So the Democrats will retain the Senate based on current projections. Now, a lot of that is going to be affected by there's still some counting, some late counting going on in one or two states. But there's also this runoff that will take place the first week of December between Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock. That is in the Georgia Senate race. So neither candidate got over 50%. So they've got to go into the runoff. And what's interesting about this runoff is that the supporters of Herschel Walker are suggesting that he would be far better off with Ron DeSantis coming into Georgia. That is Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis, rather than Donald Trump. And uh, there's a lot of people talking about this, whether or not Trump has gone too far now with his recent criticism of Ron DeSantis, whether he's jumped the shark uh, by starting to try to call Ron DeSantis little Ronnie. He's also calling him DeSantum. The Sanctimonious is the other nickname he has for him. He put out a three-page letter criticizing DeSantis uh, earlier in this week. And some people, even ardent Republicans, some that I talked to this week, ardent supporters of Trump have said, Trump has gone too far. Maybe we're better off with DeSantis. And I've said this myself. You know, when you have a president like Trump who seemed to squander his presidency by getting into week-long fights with people like Rosie O'Donnell on Twitter. Uh, you wonder if we wouldn't be better off with someone like Iran DeSantis, somebody that brings all of our values to the White House, but not all the baggage of Trump. And one thing in particular that I love about DeSantis is he has really gone after the social media companies. Uh, Trump promised to do that, never did. And that's what needs to happen. Somebody needs to get in to office to go after these social media companies for the censor censorship. Now, I'm excited about what Elon Musk is doing at Twitter. Um, he is laying off massive numbers of employees, uh, massive workforce cuts at Twitter. That's also happening at Facebook. But I'm still not sure that we're going to get away from all of this censorship of conservatives and censorship of Christians in particular at Twitter. I sure hope we will. And I've got high hopes for Twitter that it can be sort of reformulated as a 
you know, a town hall for America, a place to go and have freedom of speech and to share our different views. Uh, hopefully that's going to happen. Uh, but it is interesting to see what is happening with social media, massive uh, cuts at Facebook, massive cuts taking place also at Twitter. And they're also talking at Twitter about possibly throwing Twitter into bankruptcy, uh, a reorganization type of bankruptcy, which might be smart because by going into a reorganization bankruptcy, um, Twitter continues to operate and it gives Elon Musk the ability to uh, cancel a lot of expensive contracts that he has in, in particular with employees, uh, high paid uh, employees, overpaid employees. So there is a new scam uh, that we're being warned about by several state attorneys general. It is a smishing scam. Now, smishing is when they use a text that comes to your phone. And I've been talking about this now for months, that this is the new way that they're scamming you. It's not with email. It's not with the fake emails. It's with fake texts. And for some reason, including myself, I don't know why, but I'm not as suspicious of texts as I am of emails. So when I get an email saying, hey, your bank account is overdrawn, click here. I right away know I'm not going to click there. That's probably fake. My bank account is not overdrawn. I'm going to just go. I'm going to go and open up a browser. I'm not going to click on that link. I'm going to go and log into my bank account and I'm going to make sure everything's okay. We all have our guard up when it comes to email. But for some reason, we're not as on guard when it comes to texts. And this scam is a fake text that will it supposedly is coming to you from the U.S. Postal Service. They make reference to a package that is going to be delivered to you. But then they go on to ask you for a credit card number to confirm the package that is going to be delivered to you. Now, the reason why this scam can be so effective is because people do get texts like that. You get texts like that from UPS, from FedEx, from eBay. And now with this being, you know, Christmas and people buying gifts and people expecting packages, this will look legitimate. But it is not. And the Postal Service will not ask for your credit card number in a text like this. So uh, it's called smishing. And it is a big scam that is uh, starting to heat up, especially as we go into the holidays and people are uh, expecting, you know, more and more packages. Well, mortgage rates took a big drop this week. In fact, on one day, I believe this was on Thursday, we saw a 1% drop in mortgage rates in just one day. So if you're somebody that has been a little bit scared off from getting a mortgage, now is the time to take another look. Uh, rates have dropped. Uh, getting a rate in the sixes, even in the low sixes, uh, is certainly possible now. So that's something to take another look at. Um, I've mentioned this before. I am back in the mortgage business. If you are in Florida or in Georgia, I can help you personally with a mortgage. If you're in one of the other states, I can refer a loan officer to you. You can get in touch with me. Uh, by sending me an email to jim at christianmoney.com. I handle regular mortgages, refinance, cash out, reverse mortgages, all of the above. And I can personally work with you in Florida and Georgia 
or help you by referring you to a loan officer in one of the other states. But now's the time maybe uh, to take another look at the lowest rates we've seen in weeks. This story I thought was interesting and a little bit frustrating because uh, Yahoo Life, uh, they had an article today that I read and it said the one fried food that no one over 40 should eat. So, of course, I had to click on that and read that because I'm over 40 and I want to, you know, want to see what the one food is. And here it is. French fries. And of course, we all know that French fries are terrible for us. But the one food that I guess we just all love. There are a lot of things you can do with French fries, though. You don't have to fry them. You could put them in an air fryer so you don't have to get them all greasy and all that. You could put them in an air fryer. If you want to be a little bit healthier, you can switch over to sweet potato French fries instead of, you know, traditional French fries. Uh, but we all love our French fries, right? I guess in moderation. So you don't want to have French fries maybe more than once a week. A little treat for yourself. But uh, according to Yahoo Life, the one fried food that no one over 40 should eat. NASA is sending an on-man rocket to the moon next week. This is the so-called Artemis 1 mission, and it's been rescheduled from a few weeks ago. So this was supposed to go off, I think, maybe a month or six weeks ago. Now, it's an unmanned rocket, and the idea is that this is sort of laying the groundwork for a manned mission to return to the moon. So this rocket will not have anyone on it. It's on man, but it will go to the moon and return to earth. So this will be exciting to watch. This is going to be a big rocket. You know, this is going to be a big one, just like the space shuttle. So this will be fun uh, for those in Florida. I'm hoping to, uh, you know, find out what day and time this is and maybe get a good spot. A lot of times just right here from our beaches, we can see these launches. I even have, uh, you know, friends that have places right on the beach, you can watch it right from their house. And uh, this will be fun to watch if the weather is good. Uh, you can see these uh, for, for quite a long distance. Uh, sometimes even just standing out in my driveway, I can see these launches. So NASA sending an on-man next week. Uh, this is the Artemis 1 mission. Uh, 50 years ago uh, is the last time that we had a manned uh, mission to the moon. And this is sort of setting the table for a return to the moon. All right, that's all we've got for you this week. Thanks so much for joining us. Remember, if it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live. The holidays are starting. I got my Christmas tree up. My Christmas lights are out. Thanksgiving is coming. Looking forward to uh, some great times ahead with friends and family. God bless. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody.